Welcome. I'm Therese Padegian, host and founder of Soulful Practices in Business. In this podcast, we have conversations that are created in the moment about managing business and practice life for soulful, intuitive practitioners. It was so interesting. Anna was sharing um, the idea of running, running or having boundaries in clinic and then um, about shamans. And, um, and then Katina was responding and I said, ladies, let's stop. I have so many, because um, I actually have, well, I have my experiences, which I would like to share, which I think, and I have my opinion. So I don't know if my opinions are, you know, if they're good or whatever, if that helped, but I, I do have some input. So I thought it would be great to actually start and talk about um, different energetic, different energy workers that um, when your clients are seeing, and if you're possibly doing energy work as well, how that all plays, what other practitioners say, uh, the idea that, um, you know, some clients say this other practitioner said this, 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 and sometimes I'm like, did they actually say that or that's what you interpreted? So I thought this was great. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Anna, if you can just beautifully go in to, to share um, to share how you started and then, we, and then Katina was responding. So let's kind of like retake it just someone that um, that I'm working with or has been working with me for um, a few months now. And since she started working with me, she told me that she had, before starting work with me, she had already had a few sessions with this lady that I have no idea who she is, but calls herself a shaman. She says, this woman, when, when she talks to me about this other worker, she calls her a shaman. So uh, the interesting thing is that this, this lady that I'm working with uh, has, uh, a challenge with her relationship with men. Uh, so she keeps coming back to that. And then whenever she comes to me and we work, whatever it is that we're working, eventually there's never gonna take longer than two sessions for her to go back to this issue of uh, men. And then she will always bring up sessions with her shaman worker lady uh, where she has said, oh, but I talked to my shaman and she said, and it's what you were saying, Trees. A lot of the time when she's saying things, I'm thinking, okay, well, um, is that what she said exactly? Or is that what you heard from what she said? Or what you remember from what she said? Or what you wanted to understand from what she said? Um, the interesting thing is that I always tend to, my experience with shamans is what I was saying before, is I, I have seen that they tend to give you bits of information that you need to hear at a specific moment for you to process and do and experience certain things and then as they move on they'll tell you something else and you'll be like wait if you had told me that before when you said that other thing that changes completely what you said two weeks ago and and it's just kind of like yeah but if I had told you everything you would not have gone through this process the thing is that in order for you to understand that that's how most shamans work from my experience you need to know that that's how they work. And if you don't know that that's how they work, then you start taking their word, that what they're saying, you're actually taking it as the truth. And then they tell you something and you start believing that that's gonna be that. So if you ask, oh, does this man love me? Oh yeah, he's interested in you. So you ask, does this man love me? And the answer is yes, he's interested in you as more than a friend. That could mean a thousand different things to me. But to the person who's asking from a place of being hurt and having that uh, wound of uh, validation and, and lack of love, what that person is hearing is, yes, he loves me. 
so it's really interesting for me to go to that space and see how do I, without taking away from what this other practitioner is saying, because I don't know her, I can't judge what she's saying. I don't know if it's her or if it's the person who's going to her sessions that's not getting it. But how do I say to this woman, okay, this is my perception of what's going on. And maybe you're not getting 100% of what you should be getting, or maybe this person's not doing the best of their work, or maybe you're not ready for this kind of work. So that's my challenge is how do you, without putting down someone else, how do you make someone understand that maybe not, they're not ready for a specific kind of work? Because you were saying, Katina, that you felt like she might be leading her on. Yes, in that, okay, a true shaman is a teacher, is a spiritual teacher and a spiritual leader and is humble. Many like to believe they are a teacher, a shaman, a mystic. Yet if they're not doing their work and they're not grounded and they're telling a client, oh, that man in the office that this person, the shaman lady knows nothing about, but really likes the title. Oh, he's, he's this, that, and the other. He wants you. He wants you. Her client is weak and is looking for validation. Maybe the shaman woman is not a shaman and just is looking for money. So now they have a very mutual relationship. Okay. Oh, wow. This one's going to tell her what she wants to hear. The other one's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to screw up that person's marriage. And, and I don't even know anything about him, but because I'm sparked to him, I'll just fall in love because my shaman says he likes me. Okay. You have the client that you're having to deal with is weak. Okay. Because she is weak constitution. Um, it's easy for her to get preyed upon and follow these little uh, things. You as her now new healer and teacher and shaman and doctor and chiropractor and counselor and everything that we have to go through because we tap into the tone of who this person is. And you're seeing a little danger signal with this thing, other person, with the, the stuff that she's being fed, okay? I respect you highly when you can you say to her what you doesn't sound right, doesn't feel right. Okay, a true shaman is a humble teacher. Okay, perhaps this person just likes working with you and she's egging you on. Okay, kind of pisses me off the story that you're telling me. Okay, my job is to help you get safe and be protected in your own self, and not make foolish uh, choices along the pathway in this life. So in a weird way, you have to take the lead of this whole uh, information train, okay? We got to put the shaman who's up here, who I don't think is a shaman. She just seems to like the title because she took a couple of weekend courses. And so you're, she's not the leader of this, okay? You're more educated, you're more aware. So you've got to come up and be firm um, and almost parental, and you're, you are the shaman, the teacher, the leader, um, and your hunches that you're feeling, you say something about the tone of this does not seem right. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes these people get these weekend courses and, and, and the soothsayers and shaman stickers. Okay. I've worked with a lot of, no, at least about four real shamans. Three were 
pure, amazing. I still work with one of them continuously. Um, the other one did not have as good and evil balance. Okay. And so um, that's my take on being a leader as a, as a healer for this client. And um, I, I do that like red flag your, you're getting inside I would, you. I would like to hear your feedback on this as well, Therese, but let me just ask you one thing. So here's the thing, and this is my, my real question is, I'm not so much doubting this. Um, so here's the thing, my, my judgment against this shaman it's not that what she's saying is not true or that she's leading her on, is that she's not, for whatever reason, she's not realizing that this other person is not mature enough as to take the information that she's being given in the most productive way. And that basically what's happening is that she's taking on the information and she's just believing it without questioning anything in regards of how can it, this information, how can I use this information to the best of me, instead of just believing the information that I'm being fed as truth and this is what I'm going to do, right? So it's that kind of thing where people come to you and they want you to heal them. They want you to save them. And you have to take them to that point of saying, I'm not healing you. I'm not saving anyone. You're doing this yourself. I'm just here to help you find that path back to your own connection with yourself so that you can do the healing so that you can do the saving but I'm not doing anything and if you want me to do it then you need to do a lot of understanding before you can actually do the healing because if you want me to heal you that's my challenge is how much of this do you know the saying in, in chiropractic like uh, it's not no, no blame no fault like it's not, it's not you. I mean, no, not blame, not fault. No, what is it? It's like no, no okay. blame, no. It's it's like when it's not your, it's not your doing anything that happens to them. So if they heal, you haven't healed them. But if they get sick, it's not your fault because you're you're not doing anything. It's you're just releasing stuff. So, so it's that kind of point of saying I understand the it's not me. I didn't heal anyone part. The part of, I didn't make you more intense, I struggle a little bit with. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I understand that it's not my fault if what, when I adjust somebody, something unpleasant happens. I understand that it's not my fault, but I need to be aware that when I'm adjusting somebody, something unpleasant might happen. And how can I support that process of the unpleasant happening so that it's not devastating. It can still be unpleasant, but it cannot be devastating for that person. Because if it's, it's devastating- not devastating. You are not that responsible, okay? You are exactly. not that responsible. When you open up some floodgates, when you're working with people, what's wonderful about the body and the, the gentleness and the respect of the geometry, it will only show you what it's ready to be handled, okay? how their conscious mind deals with it. Oh, shaking, why am I twitching? Uh, why does my arm keep doing this, Katina? Why is my stomach? Why, 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 why? Okay, because they wanna be in control of it. Well, this is, your life has been out of control. Your whole matrix is not communicating fluidly. And as we reconnect it, you will have discharge. 
Just like the body wants to fart and burp. Yay, ether energy is moving. You're gonna shake and remember tough stuff sometimes. And, and um, but we don't stay stuck there. That's the key. Help them to get excited about it, that this may happen. It very often happens. The key is it's like puke on the floor. Okay, you're gonna get it out. If you wanna stick your finger in it and wonder about each little piece in, that's in there, I'm not going in there with you. Okay. And you have to give them that that's the analogy because people like their drama. Okay. And it, it's, it's like scripture says, the dog returning back to their puke. Don't do it. This lady and you know the couple of clients that you were talking about, you had a heavy day, man. You had a heavy day dealing with some big, big releases in people and their puke coming out, energetic puke. And they want to go in and look at and analyze it. Eh, eh. We're not going there. And you almost need to like say that to them. Okay. Um, give them a visual of what they're doing. They don't realize that they're doing that. To answer that question, Anna, it's like, it. so you know what it says, um, the BJ quote, I'm a principled chiropractor. And I remember um, someone who was actually helping me go through and um, understand what that meant. Well, what does the word principled mean? And I looked it up and a principled means is that you are the master of what you do and you own and you take responsibility for every single expression that actually comes out. So if I say I'm a principled chiropractor, I'm actually saying that, you know what, I'm a, I'm a master of this expression and I take on and, you know, I take responsibility for anything that comes out. And so my head just goes, wow, yeah, you're a principled chiropractor and, you know, do you have to, it's kind of like any bit of artwork, you know, when you do an artwork and you sign it because you have taken everything that however, that however has been expressed, that's, that's your art, right? Whether you think it's good or it's bad, whatever you judge it. And it's like, wow, you're a principled chiropractor. So my head just goes, you know what, that's, as Katina said, that's what comes up. And are you, um, not are you, so then I would say to the practitioner, are you actually ready? Like, you know, the system's showing you that you are ready to actually deal with this, this next level of vulnerability. And so if that's the case, these are your lessons and, and you're getting there. You're just, you're doing deeper work. And as a practitioner, it may feel uncomfortable, um, but you're like, yeah. So that's my, now when it comes to saying things to, to the client, um, you know, I say them, it goes up and down. There are so many spaces of uncomfortability we may get to. The more you hold on to it, the harder it's going to get. So it's kind of like, it, it's, our, it's, it's our line of work. And the other thing I do want to add is we are like, so there we are energy workers or we're working with an energetic system. And I think that that's actually really interesting because we're working we're working with a language that doesn't really have a language, so to speak. And so we are kind of 
uh, we're interpreting something that no one really talks about. So that kind of takes it to a different level. That is my, uh, my little two cents worth today. What was your shaman? Um, something you had to say about shamans. You're running. So let's preface it, everyone. I have never, ever, ever been to a shaman. Okay. So I'm talking about my experience as a practitioner who is working with someone. So are we cool with that? So that's, that's where I'm coming from. So I place my hands with people and whenever they have worked with a shaman, I can tell you exactly the, like it feels like they, the shaman has left an imprint and I can tell you the personality. I can tell you the, um, the, what they kind of visually look like. I can tell you if there was, if they had like another helper, I could tell you a whole bunch of stuff. So then I go, so then it feels like for me, I'm more working with the shaman who has an attitude, kind of like what you said, Katina, the idea of um, they're more like the title or like are they really a master at what they do? And, um, and it feels like, man, I'm just wasting my time engaging in a totally different energy. But the interesting thing is I don't know if that's what they do do. Like is their job to leave an imprint and me to engage in that? And I, and I step back to go, well, no, I want to engage with, you know, the person on the table and they just come up. And so for me, it's actually an interesting journey as, as you know, my, my practice and, and what I do. And, and it's like, okay, say if I tell them to go away, <laughs> like, you know, what else can I do? I've only ever worked with one person who had, and I was going to say, this is, it's like a real shaman. And I respected that shaman. I went, I will work with you. Like the, um, they didn't come in to go, eh, 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 you know, trying to boss me around. It was just like, Wow. I will work with this. This is so beautiful. And for those listening who are like, what on earth are you talking about, Therese? Um, again, I'm trying to put words to something that is energetic, something that I am feeling. Um, and if it makes no sense to you and you think whatever, that's actually totally fine. And I, and I totally, totally get that. And I respect that also. So that is my, um, that is my take for someone who has never worked with a shaman personally, for someone who doesn't really know, what the training is and what they do. And I always thought that shamans were, um, it had to be passed down and it's from a native American line and they are shamans where it's actually the, the lessons are passed down in that particular, uh, if you want to say culture, so to speak. So, you know what, I don't, I, I'm, I'm talking from a space that I don't know. I'm actually just talking from a space of this is what I feel with my hands and it feels like I'm having these little conversations within my head to go, ah, are they? and yeah. So that's what I do want to share. Therese, you brought us something very powerful in that um, what you're touching because you are a master is as you're touching the person's matrix, mm -hmm. other people have imprinted themselves yeah. and their tone, their resonant tone, because we are masters of palpating and, and tuning into tone and the tones can be just very disharmonic. Yeah. And this is why it got you irritated. Like I don't want to have a conversation with somebody else. This person's on my table. So that happens a lot. I think with all energy healers when they're not grounded. Mm. Okay. Uh, for example, I 30, 40, 50 years of doing this, I'll go to all kinds of body workers. 
One time I was, uh, somebody wanted to do Reiki on me. I said, sure, lay it on the table. This is like, you know, they say the incantation and she says, bring in all that is good for Katina's uh, something and something. The whole room fills up. I'm like, uh, no, thank you. I don't need, like, <laughs> there's, whoa, too much energy in this room. I says, you and I are doing this healing together. You get grounded in your source. I'm grounded in my source and let's meet there. But people learn the jargon and they're not grounded. Yeah, I, um, I want to add something. That's, that I just love that you said that. So Anna, this may answer the question too. I recently had a practitioner come in wanting to buy a pack. So working with me for intensely. And when I did the initial consult, I'm like, how many other people are you seeing? Like, so they weren't shamans, but there was like a nutritionist. There was some other bio, you know, physical, whatever. There was something else. And they were all of an energetic tone. And I just said, you're draining yourself out. And I said, if you want to buy this pack, I go, go and do all that other stuff first. Like honor that because I do want to honor the other practitioners, right? Go and do the other stuff first. And then when you're ready, come and we'll work. And I just went, Oh my goodness, if I was to add, if I was to do anything for this person, A, I would, I'm dealing with the other practitioners because I already felt three on her and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, it's like, okay. And I could tell you that it was really interesting. You could tell who they were. You could tell what they did. Yeah. And I, and my, that was interesting, Katina, because my head did go, are these practitioners grounded? Like, because I'm, I'm feeling, I think, um, in, in BGI Master, we had the ninja adjustment where you go in, you go out, and you don't leave a trace. And now that I'm yes. actually feeling all these traces, I need to be so respectful to go, hold on. You know, is that work still happening? I need to be so respectful of the other practitioner because, you know, maybe their work takes a, a handful of time to integrate. Maybe, you know, X, Y, Z, I, like you, I don't know how others work. And if you tell me how you work, I'm like, okay, cool. I can roll with that, right? So it's, um, it was, yeah. So I just said to her, I won't, you know, you can only st like start this. My recommendation is you start this when you finished all the other stuff. And even though she's like, oh, but I only go to that one once a month. I'm like, I don't care. Finish it because I know that I'd be doing, I won't be interacting with you. So that was, that was, it's interesting that you just, you said that. Mm. That's, um, that's really cool because that's one of the things that you usually bring up, Therese, and um, it's, uh, it's kind of like one of my obsessions sort of thing, is yeah. that uh, I keep telling people, uh, I don't want you to need me. Yeah. Like, I'm here to grant you an experience. I'm here to, I'm, and, and I usually say this, I'm a tool. I want you to use me when you want to use me, when you want to move on, when you want to do something specifically, I'm your tool for doing that. It's like masters or, or teachers uh, come, what, what's that saying? The teacher shows up when the student's ready, right? And then sometimes, and then, and then you will overcome that one teacher and another teacher will come up, right? And then another teacher will come up. And that's kind of like how I understand it. And whether I am, the first one, or I am the 10th one, I don't care, but I know that I'm just here for a part of your journey. And the part of your journey may be 
three sessions or it may be 20 years. I don't know, I don't care, but I'm still just a tool. I'm just some, someone who is there. I don't want you to need me. I don't want you to have to have me. Um, so that's, to me, that's the challenge is when I see someone like in this case, this lady, uh, when I see a practitioner, whatever kind of uh, worker it is that is creating that dependence of that person. So if you're telling this person, oh, I see, I see things. I see things that you don't see. And I can tell you the things that I see. And then you stop trusting your intuition. You stop. So what happened with this woman is that all of a sudden, when we've been, we've been working for months and months on getting her grounded in her body and starting to actually trust what she feels from mm. her system. She feels, she's starting to feel safe and feeling and trust, she starts trusting what she feels. Now, today she comes and tells me, oh, but this happened and this is not what the shaman said would happen. So my intuition, which the shaman told me to trust, is not good. So I don't trust my intuition anymore. And I'm just going, you know, oh, you know, it's like the key thing. Oh. Sorry, Anna. <coughs> the key thing to actually point out here is what Katina said before, and it was the mutual relationship. Now we have no idea what this shaman is saying or not saying, right? We're just hearing the interpretation Absolutely. of this person. Absolutely. And so this shaman may not be saying anything at all. Like seriously, they may just be like, uh, okay go yep. and she may be having these experiences but it, 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 that's Katina said and now it's actually making me think of when I when I feel the when I feel other shamans it's like maybe these people are just holding on to it maybe I do have to work with it <laughs> so but, but that's what I wanted that's that's what I wanted to say to you and that's why I was coming from here is yeah. because a part of me is just going and a part of me is thinking, okay, actually, this is a very good opportunity for me to be able to work from where I work and bring out or help this person face or whatever, whatever it is from my point of view, from where I work. So what I was, what I wanted to say to you, which is really interesting, Therese, is that I've had people who have come to me and who've said, oh, I want to start working with you. And they are doing... Uh, constellation work and they're doing uh, nutrition work and they're doing yoga and meditation and all of this and they're just starting into a thousand million things and I said to this person uh, this was just someone recently but just as an example I said okay listen this is what I feel you can choose you're doing so many things at the moment that you're gonna need to choose if you want me to support everything else that you're already doing and just help your system integrate all the work that you're putting into all these other things, then I will do that. But I will only see you every other week or I will see you whenever because otherwise it's going to be too much for your system. Now, if you want to do the work with me, then we need to wait for you to finish everything else. And then you're going to have enough certainty enough energy enough grounding to be able to do the work that you're going to do with me otherwise you're not going to be able to because you're going to be spread and scattered into a thousand million things however i do feel that sometimes when they're doing all those things even just establishing continuity every other week 
it just helps them ground everything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. It just helps them put the pieces into like, you know? There's times I send them to everybody. I'm like, look, you can see me once a week if and then if you can, and then go do physical therapy twice a week and go see a clinical social worker or a counselor once a week. And so I said, you've got, you need an overhaul, okay? You are hitting the wall. And if it was me, I would decide to invest in myself. And just like you invest in your job for eight hours a day, I'm asking you to put in two hours a day into mm-hmm. your health care and get out of sick care. And so it totally depends. Um, and I, I am definitely, when they say, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I just, just try it and see what you think. Mm. This is, and then when they come back and their system feels compu- confused, I might say something. Not might, I, I usually do. <laughs> Um, yeah. well, you know what your hands are telling Anna. Yeah, this is, I want to bring, oh, no. I mean, can I, we see, I mean, can we see the him? Interesting, the and interesting I, thing for me, the interesting thing for me is just that I actually, um, it's, it's, it's funny because sometimes, do you know that Sue used to say, um, in her, in her, I can't remember what the HQ, um, uh, what is it again? Essence, A E H Q L. Essence what is, quality. What was the name of her? Quality of care. Question? No. E, E-H-Q-L. E-H-Q-L something. I don't know, whatever that was, right? I, I could never get it right. But you know how the, how the, how the, uh, the motive or how her um, mission for the for the for the practice was to create um, it was like whether by touch by word or by community right it's just creating that yeah. um, it's creating that evolution or that growth or that experience but it's not necessarily by touching someone it's actually just granting that person that energetic experience energetic in the sense that. Wade Port said this in a way that I loved it. And I, I actually remember, I don't know Wade Port that much, but it, it was when in the session that we went together to yeah. trees. And he said, literally, it was like, every, like whenever I say energy, like everything is energy. Everybody's talking about it's, it. Everybody is working with energy. We just talk about it more freely. That's the only difference is that we actually <laughs> talk about energy. But it's brilliant. It's like people keep telling you, Oh, we're working with your muscles. What are muscles if they're not like we're lo- your locomotive system? What is that if that's not energy? So Wade says it in a really cool way, which is we just talk about it more freely. We just use the words. And that's it. we're talking about the exact same thing. I love so, that anyway, that's just- said that. Do you know why? Because I was like, okay, if it, everyone who's listening in, and if you're a chiropractor or a chiropractic students thinking, what on earth are these ladies talking about? I was going to say, can we bring it back in? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, thanks, Anna. And that is, we, we are just freely talking about it. So, yeah. So that's the thing. That's the really cool thing. So for me, whenever I think about, um, whenever I go into questioning myself, 
because I compare myself to others. And that's what happens. I question myself. And if I question myself, it's because I'm, I'm comparing myself to others. If I'm not comparing myself to others, I'm not questioning myself. That's just the way it is. Full stop. Anyone who's questioning themselves is because they're comparing themselves to others. Otherwise, you cannot question yourself. It just doesn't happen. So if I'm questioning myself because I'm comparing myself to someone else, and then I'm thinking, oh, but my adjustment is not good enough. My thrust is not that at all. Or I go somebody and they whack my neck and it cracks whatever, or they put the, uh, they adjust my first rib and they can crack it. And then they put, a, um, they put a block under my hip and I'm thinking, oh, what technique is that? Like how, what, what is it that I should know that maybe when they're, you're relating this, this to this, and what is it that I should know? And I'm not good enough because I don't know about this. And whenever I go into all of that, oh, hi, accuse. Uh, whenever I go into that frenzy, um, it's, it's really interesting to remember that thing that Sue said, and it's that creating that imprint. It's creating that experience for them. And that experience does not need to be physical. It can be just by creating a safe space, just by facing them with truth, just with, by being raw, honest in safety, by telling somebody something honestly, purely raw, without being aggressive, without putting them or making them feel that they're at risk and they're actually safely listening to the truth for the first time ever and knowing that they, what they are facing is crappy, but it's safe to hear that and to feel that. That's actually an adjustment. That's a very powerful adjustment. So that's the, the really interesting thing for me is when we go into this whole, it's how, what you were saying to Katina is you need to be grounded, you need to be aware, and you said it three is about being principled, is that you need to be aware that what you're doing is not only the three minutes that your hands are on somebody or the two crack cracks that you've thrown on somebody or the wham, bam, thank you, man, that's who you used to, you know? It's not that. It's from the minute they walk through your door, mm. you are impacting that person. Um, your space, the space that you've created is having an impact on that person. Your, the way you greet them, the way you talk to them. I had- mm -hmm. um, The had environment, the smells, the- the vibrations and, and Anna, I was thinking about your office. And so would you consider like you come in and one person could go behind the panel on one side and one person go to the panel on the other side. So behind the panel, you put a little seam. So you can, you could have left that one client over there to just chill. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm considering now. So my office for whoever is listening to this, if anybody ever listens to this, who knows? We, it, someone may, someone may not. But if anybody who doesn't know what my office looks like ever listens to this, my come office to Barcelona. Has, uh, <laughs> yes, come to Barcelona and I'll show it to you. I'm going to be happy to. So uh, my office has movable walls that I've created. I've actually had somebody build wooden walls. There's three of them and you can move them and, to create different spaces. So the way they are arranged now is they, they divide the space in two and there's two walls. So because of COVID, I had to actually change something around. So now I have two walls instead of having it the way it was where it was two spaces. Now there's two walls and there's another wall like this uh, to create, uh, I don't have a waiting room anymore, basically. Gotcha. So people don't wait there anymore. So anyway, 
But I have been thinking about how could I uh, redistribute that so that I could have the two tables separate, uh, having the two spaces that I would, uh, but so that I would not necessarily work on two people at the same time. It's not my goal. I would still be working one on one, but it would allow for that space if somebody needs to stay on. So that's I have I am be, I have been thinking about this, Katina. Curtains. You just open it. Architect friends would do is literally take a graft on a piece of paper and I put paper tables and the paper walls and my chairs and I literally move them around and I, then I draw them out. So I give myself like three or four different plans of where I want my furnishings and then I'll go ahead and do it. But if you just measure everything and put it on a piece of graph paper, um, cause your space, you could easily put two, three tables now that you got rid of the waiting room. Yeah, the only thing is that I need to be careful because there is uh, regulations of time, the distances. I need to have certain distance and people need to be able to access. And even if nobody is ever coming in that needs to do whatever, I still need people to be like, so the, the bathroom, it needs to be uh, accessible for wheelchairs. Uh, I mean, it's something that might be useful or it might not be useful, but it needs to be like that legally. So it's the same kind of thing where I need to be wary of how I distribute the space uh, so that people can have, but I, I, I am thinking about it. Um, lately, I have been thinking about it because I do wanna, it's one of the things that frustrates me is that I know that the time that I need with somebody, usually like 90% of the time, for me, I need 30 minutes with that person. That's the amount of time that I need. That doesn't mean that that's the amount of time that they need. So I, it's always, sometimes it frustrates me not being able to grant them. I used to, before COVID, with the two tables, I would take on somebody else. And then they would stay there and there was no division whatsoever. They would just be there and people were cool with it. And it was sometimes interesting for them to process while the other person was next to them. It was really cool. However, nowadays with COVID, it's my space is too small. Uh, so they're not, they're not comfortable with being next to somebody that they don't know on the table, which is interesting. It's really interesting um, because I've been to other chiropractors who do that and they don't care with like more tables, but the space maybe is, it's a bigger space. So they feel like there's, you know, I don't know. We'll work on a piece of paper, that and some plantings. Oh my goodness. It'll, it'll give everybody the feng shui bubble that they need. And that's what you're setting up. Like these little safe bubbles that they go into their bubble and do what you do with them. You leave them there. Then you go to the next bubble and you work with them. And, oh, so my next question to you, Anna, <coughs> is when you work with all that tough day that you had, you had a lot of people with boundary issues, uh, very needy, a lot of expectations, a whole list of stuff. And um, how to unload it so that you don't bring it home with you and it hangs out in your house and comes into your bed with you. Because um, that's a question that comes up often at my seminars. How do I not take this stuff home, Katina? How do I not take it on? Um, what do you do? What do you do to literally uh, cleanse yourself of the day? 
this is the really cool thing. And this is really interesting because it's, it's funky. And this, I, I, whenever somebody asks me this, uh, uh, Amy asked this about, uh, asked me this once for one of her talks. Uh, and I always think of Therese when I give this answer because I just don't believe in that, Katina. I just don't believe that I can take it on. Okay. So like and now- for me, It's just uh -huh. not a possibility that I will go home and take somebody's shit on. You know, I mean, if, if I feel, if I, at the end of the day, I feel like my system is overload, if I can feel something, then I'll go yeah. for a walk with my dog or whatever, and I'll, I'll shake it off. But okay. I just don't believe that I can take anybody's crap on. I just don't. So 90, 99% of the time, it doesn't happen. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> That's why I was Good. the nappy. That's why you were the nappy, exactly. And that's why I was the crapping baby. But right, anyone listening, us three go on some wild adventures. We went on a wild adventure adjusting a group of drama therapists and we uh, had an honor. They uh, invited us to participate with them. And I was Anna's nappy and Katina was the mum, and Anna was the baby. And it was the funniest thing but learnt so many lessons um what i do just to just to bring this up ladies with time um it was interesting um when you both were talking about the idea of you know it's it's not just the adjustment it could be a word it could be a touch or it could be the community and um it's the adjustment what that means is i learned this when i went to the innate summit two years ago and there was a lady from new zealand i think her first name was sarah but the the surname passes me she said an adjustment actually means back to center bring back to center so it's like wow yeah you could talk to someone like even this for me brings me back to center it allows me to connect back to me and i'm like oh i'm gonna have a really fabulous day today um so that's what i want to end up with is there anything else you ladies wish to share before i just close this off i think that's you what you just said and and from wrapping it from working with multiple people or working with one person or energetic work or not energetic work or whatever it is, it's actually, that's that for me would be the key. And that's what I tend to share with people because that's the way I work is that anything that you're doing, if it brings you in alignment with who you are and with what you're experiencing, then it's good for you. And if anything that you add on to that, in multi, like, amplifies that effect of bringing you back to center, then add on. If anything that you're doing is requiring a lot of effort to stay centered or to go back to center, then stop doing it because it, it misses the point. So that's exactly it what you were saying. the mark. It you misses were saying the mark. that. I had a really long day and the reason why I don't care Uh, that I usually would probably be already in bed like about an hour and a half ago in my regular days. And today was a very long day. So any other day I would have said, oh, I'm just going straight to bed. The reason why that's not a possibility is because after this session, this is good for me. So this can take on, like I can take on as many of these because they bring me back to session. Like they bring me back to center. They bring me in alignment with who I am above, down, inside out, right? It's just all this knowledge that we share, all of this experience 
it comes as information that's going into my center, it's nourishing my center, and then it's allowing for me to leave from a different place, right? So that's the thing. It's that's that's to me an adjustment, right? And you guys are one in Australia and the other one in Boston. <laughs> and that's still an adjustment. Interesting the terminologies we're using getting back to our center, back to our Zen, back on the path, back to our destiny, realignment. Uh, so I remember my mom would say, ah, God already has your destiny written. He's just pulling you along into the light. And I says, well, Ma, how come I feel like crap? It's because you fell off the path. And it is about getting back up on the path or getting back into the center and the center is being here now. So all the spiritual practices are saying the exact same thing. And chiropractic is one of the most beautiful because that's what we're adjusting is bringing people back to their center, to their pathway. Mm. Oof, I love being on this pathway with you sisters. <laughs> I love it. Well, with that, I'm going to thank both of you so much. That was so